yeah, yeah. season three. And Game yeah, of Thrones, I fucked that I up. Tell you, it's, it's really amazing. It really like it. I didn't watch it first season right right away because you know that's just how I do things. But um, I wa- I powered through season one and I'm like shit. I gotta read these books. I can't read the books because it's all details and I hate fucking details and listen just like like I don't care alerts or something like that. Well, it's not even that. It's like they're gonna talk about this one thread that's on a drape in the back of the room that has nothing to do with anything ever. And doesn't like, Tolkien do the exact same damn thing? He talks about a rock for four goddamn pages. Yes, <laughs> yes, but with Tolkien, I can forgive it because I like his story better. It's well, the I same like the Game thing. Of, I like the Game of Thrones story, but I don't like it as much as I like Tolkien. Yeah, so there's no walking trees in Game of Thrones. Hey, just like, like those walking trees are fucking awesome. <laughs> like just like the um the walking dead i like you know i heard the comics throw in like a couple of easter eggs that like connects to the tv series that some people don't want to know about yeah they so do a lot of nods have that connection? yeah they yeah, do they, they do i honestly think they designed that show just to screw with people who read the comics though because they'll bring in people you think are going to play a big part of they'll they'll start to hint at something that's in the comics and then they'll just completely change it and you're like what the fuck but that <laughs> was like dog I just started yep. reading the comics, eh? I, uh, I oh, they're started, so good. I started reading them digitally, and I got, uh, I'm in up to issue 15, which is kind okay. of just past where they are in the show. So it's kind of on par, and uh, I'm actually really happy that I'm actually reading it. Actually, I don't think it would really matter. They're both so the same thing, yet so different. Exactly. That it doesn't matter which order you do it in, but I love... I'm loving reading the comic after having seen the show. And yeah. it's not making the show seem less any less good. It's its own thing, you know? No, not at all. I mean, for instance, the governor in the comics is really good, but David Morrissey is awesome as the governor in the TV show. And they, they play it the same, but slightly different, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, creepy as shit, though, both of them. Both of them are creepy as fucking hell, and I will still get, you know, fucking nightmares from both of them. Some of the finest acting I've ever seen is on The Walking Dead. I'm sorry. And you wouldn't believe, but even The Hunger Games got a nomination, and that's like, like, wow. I, I, I mean, think that's they, good, but still, yeah. I just gotta see that movie. It's not a bad movie, but this it's is gonna sound cynical of me. It's probably just a kind of a, a pity nomination. So like, hey, we'll give we'll give those guys something that they can be happy about that gets nominated, and we can overlook these other things because. But then that's wrong, though, because there's got to be some sort of, like, appreciation from the source material. There, I mean, this is, it, it's so random. It's like the nature, it's the nature of Hollywood awards, though, is these things that appeal to, for lack of a better term, the geek culture, the nerd culture, which are actually becoming mainstream, are overlooked because Hollywood awards are all about snobbery. They're all about all and that's money. You know, people pay for right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, they pay for that, that shit. I, I firmly oh. believe that they're paid. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's rigged. And out press like kits saying, "Please vote for me for best actor." And I mean, shit. Yep. I'm gonna say something that sounds completely terrible, and it's the fact that if Heath Ledger hadn't died, he would not have won best actor, even though he deserved it for the joke. I have to agree. Oh, really I mean, not to be all cynical and shit, because I know a lot of people sort of use that as some sort of like argument point, but it's actually, in a way, sort of a truth to that. Because it's like, okay, first of all, the Joker has always been a very iconic character, regardless of who plays it. But it seems like the death became his death became this such a like a profound, I don't know, concept that they just like, okay, then let's just make this guy, let's just give this guy an award because like you feel bad for what happened to him. 
You know what, though? He did give such a fine performance that something in me says that if he hadn't have died, I think there's a real good chance he would have at least been nominated. Exactly. Well, he, he would have still gotten the nomination. Yeah, but I still would, just, at least would have got the nod, yeah. Hollywood looks so down on comic book movies and sci-fi movies and things like that that I just don't think that he would have won in that case. And I think Return of the King pulled it off. And by you mentioning that, Chris, it's like this. You know, by them actually being snobs against that particular genre, <laughs> it's like so random that actors get nominated for a Best Supporting Actor or Best Actor or not for any movie that's based on a comic book. So it's kind of like, it was just like, it, it was like the biggest news ever for like comic book fans that Heath Ledger won that award. Even if he died, he, it was still like a, a milestone. Yeah. Because we yeah, finally sure. got an actor who starred in a comic book movie who actually won, for Christ's sake. Well, what do you think? Return of the King pulled it off. What do you think it was about that movie that they finally were like, yeah, okay, well, do you think it's just because they were like, okay, Peter Jackson just put in, like, three movies worth of the craziest movie-making effort ever, so we should give him the award? Like, kind of have to after you ignore the first two. I was going to say, like, I think that was a lot of it. I think a lot of it had to do with the money. Like, again, I think it's a money thing. Like, so many people went to see these movies that you really can't ignore it. You can't ignore the fact that Avengers broke all these records, you know, with, with theirs. You can't ignore the fact that people go to see these movies, but they're going to. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the list, though, but none of these movies that they've nominated are groundbreaking. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Les Miserables fan, and don't yeah. and I'm super excited to see this movie coming out, because it comes out on Christmas, but it's nominated all over the place. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's not groundbreaking. It's something that's been done already, yeah. you know? I kind of agree with that. Um, like musicals, the whole the whole concept of musicals are kind of like you know consistent. They show they're known for like beautiful backdrops and scenery and you know set totally. pieces. Like awards show loves musicals. Yeah. And they and awards love musicals. Yeah. You know, and so they're gonna automatically be listed on you know the Academy Awards like shortlist or whatnot. But as far as like it being something that's not groundbreaking, I do have to agree. It's like, I've seen this type of musical before. I'm looking up Breaking Bad now, see, with that. That got it. That got it. Uh, oh, that didn't get nominated for... either, I think. It did? Uh, it did. It did for SAG. It's uh, Outstanding okay. Performance by an Ensemble in a Drama Series. Uh, but not yeah, like, Brian oh. Cranston got nominated for Best Actor in Golden Globes, though. Okay, what did really? get nominated for Golden Globes? Well, best um, is actually loaded. You've got Steve Buscemi from Boardwalk Empire, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, Jeff Daniels from The Newsroom, John Hamm from Mad Men, and Damian Lewis from Homeland. That's a stacked competition. You know that, what? That stuff seems like that. Those are actually the best categories because they actually, for once, have like shows that really do deserve those nods. You know, just, The Newsroom is fucking amazing. I don't yes, know if you guys watched it. Yeah. It's great. It's great. We don't get it here yet. Oh, no. Yeah. We gotta send send that shit to Canada. Well, wait, wait, actually, which channel is it on? HBO. Oh, I don't have that. Oh, you know what it is? Yeah, I just don't get that right now. But uh, I just canceled my HBO recently because it was yeah. just annoying me because I just went to internet watching of television. But uh, yeah, no, they do have that here, but I haven't had a chance to see that. But people seem to love that show, eh? Yeah, really um, I would actually catch it if. The movie channel prices here in Chicago wasn't so fucking high with everything else. So it pretty much kills me that I haven't caught up on all the cool shows that you guys just mentioned there. 
sucks. It can be hard to keep up with stuff. There's so much good stuff out there. I think it's disgusting that Andrew Lincoln isn't nominated in that category. Well, it's yeah. just like it's disgusting that Edward James almost never got nominated for for the role of Admiral Adama back during Battlestar's run. People love that shit. And, and Mary McDonald never got nominated either. And those two owned that show. Weren't they, like, part of the CN at one point, too? Or not CN. Wow. UN. I don't know how to talk. I'm they sorry. A, yeah, they did Get a up. conversation with those guys at the UN for, like, human rights or something like that. I can't remember. I, really, was, I can't believe that's... I said CN. I'm sorry. I'm like... <laughs> I was like, Cartoon Network? Tom <laughs> 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 Dexter getting nominated? No, does not look like it. I don't see it anywhere. Huh. Which, that's, yeah, that's, that's enough when they got shut out. Um, Dexter is one of my favorite shows. I cover that for sciencefiction.com, and, like, I've been watching that since season one. And that's really, that's not surprising with this season. The season has not been its strongest one. I still think the strongest one was season four with John Lithgow. Um, but... Is it, is it because the lack of surprise is gone because of the fact that his sister finally knows who he is? No, I don't think that's the reason at all. I just don't think they have like the good strong story. Like this one's a really a lovey dovey season, and I don't, I just don't care, you know. Um, I, <laughs> I the, the point of Dexter is that you want to get into a serial killer's mind, and this one he's falling in love, and it's like we kind of dealt with that back in season two. In a show yeah. like that, that's got secrets and stuff like that built into it, it's very hard to keep that going for a long time because you eventually have to pay off some of the secrets, and then what do you right. do after Next that? Next season is its last season. So if it gets shut out next season, then you're gonna. It be wouldn't busy. matter. Yeah. Is his sister just letting him run around killing people then? Um, she's well, having some major issues with it, but she's she's stepped aside. Really? Doesn't she know that he's only killing the bad guys? So it's kind of like this whole morality concept of, hmm, I'm gonna give him some leeway as long as it's not innocent people. Yeah, as long as, long as it's not innocent and it's and he doesn't take away from the police force. She doesn't seem to have as much of a problem with it. She still, she still is very reserved about it. And she, the one person that she tells him to kill is the person he's banging. So I mean, you know, it's it, it gets wow. it, it's really it gets it's it's interesting. It's not as interesting as like some of the seasons past. But Dexter has been known to have like a one really good season and then drop it down, and it's not going to be much of anything. So, um, so. In the roller coaster of Dexter World, we're in the down season, so next season they should go out with a huge bang. That makes yeah. sense. That's what I'm hoping, anyways. Or they could go with loss and be completely. Oh God. God. No, don't. We don't <laughs> talk about that, okay? I I I, I <laughs> just finished watching Lost today for the second time, and I'm still sitting here like, fuck the show. <laughs> There's a reason I held off on watching that. It's because J.J. Abrams fucks with people near the end of his shows. Uh, I, I gave that show six years of my life and six years of my heart just to have it thrown on the rocks on the very last episode. Oh. Abrams, like he completely mindfuck everybody throughout the whole six seasons. His I mean, fault, isn't that his gimmick? He had nothing to do with the finale. That was all Lindelof. God bless him. I still think he's a good writer, but they just lost it at the end and they fucked it up. He'll fully admit it too. He makes fun of himself all the time for even yeah. his Twitter bio says I'm the guy who wrecked Lost, you know. And, wow, that's like my my biggest my biggest thing with Lost was like they built up so much, and I'm like watching this last season. I'm like, yes, this was awesome. Yes, this was awesome. You get to the very last episode, and you're just like, what? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're like sitting there like, what? I, 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 
what? Yeah. It's kind of an interesting point you're bringing up there, though. With a lot of these shows, as they come close to wrapping, it's it's just hard to meet the fan expectations in some point because of how overhyped they get in their own mind. Like for me, Battlestar Galactica. No, this is a special situation because of the fact that right up until the the second last episode of this show, they had you. No matter what, if you were a fan. They had you, and they literally, it's like they didn't even bother making a last episode. They might as well have went, you know what, no, we're never going to show it to you. It would have been... Did you guys see S.H.I.E.L.D.? It's just crazy. That, that no, one I haven't watched yet. Is that out already? I've never watched it. Like, Is it out already? It ended like about five years ago, but I like the way it ended. It, oh, you know? that's the S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant that new Josh Lewis. Michael Chiklis. Yeah. I've wanted to watch that. The problem that I've had, like, trying to watch that show is that it's not readily available to me. Like, I don't know anybody who's watched it or anything like that, like, outside of people, like, from the internet. So, I don't know if it's available on Netflix, because I just haven't looked, but, like, it's it's one of those shows that I just haven't ever had readily available to me, so I haven't watched it. The end of this last season was pretty fucking killer, and I actually was like, those were, like, one of the rare moments, like, you actually get... Uh, a finale of an entire series that actually ends well on a very good note, not fuck things up and disappoint people. Yeah, but you know what? Um, is anybody here excited to just know that Tim Rothman is finally gone from 20th Century Fox? Yeah, excited. if I knew who he was, I don't know who he is. You don't know? That's yeah. the guy who literally fucked up. Fucked up. He literally fucked up X3. Because he did have oh, some creative control. <laughs> he had some creative control over that. And then, of course, there was X-Men Origins Wolverine, which, again, he had some creative control over that and f that up completely. So all the bad movies, blame it on him. <laughs> I don't see why he went with all the hate on the Origins. I'm a fan of the Origins. Well, it's really? like shit all over what? comic history. Well, yeah, but it's, uh, the whole X-Men series as a whole has so shit all over comic history that I think True. you can't really blame Origins for being any worse. The beginning of Origins, other than making Sabretooth his brother, is right out of the book. I mean, it's it straight out of the Origins well, book. And they destroyed they did the Deadpool. Dead. I was going to say, they did the stupid thing. Concept. Yeah, they did fuck, you know, I'm not saying it was great or brilliant. It's, it's not what I would have done. But as far as, like, it is awful superior movie to X3. Well, pretty much anything is. I'll say that X-Men well, Origins Wolverine is, is a good summer know. movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't... I, I saw Origins and I walked out so pissed off. Mainly because of the Deadpool thing. Really? Uh, yeah. the, the Deadpool thing pissed me off. It was it was horrible. And Okay, don't get me wrong. You know, we make fun of Ryan Reynolds all the time on our show. But <laughs> he is Deadpool. All the time. And All the time. All the time we make fun of him. And... But the thing is, is like he is Deadpool, and they did the stupidest thing ever by show, sewing his mouth shut. But like, was, why would you? Why would you? Do? <laughs> you see at the end of the movie when he picks up his head, and the mouth is broken open, and they're totally set that up because their plan was to do a Deadpool movie. They're still going to when do it. When the but hell that... is they going to get on with it? Jeez. They're working on the script right now, and they've already said before that if they do it, they're basically going to make a joke out of X Men Origins with like a, a breaking the fourth wall moment with Deadpool to start the movie. That's how it should be done. Deadpool should just be talking to the audience most of the time. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do you think uh, Reynolds would do it again? He still wants to do it. He still, he still wants to. Yeah, yeah. He'd, be, he'd be a great Deadpool. He's he perfect would. for that one. 
gonna and you've also it. said before, Chris, I think I've heard you say, uh, which I agree, he'd make a great Barry Allen or Wally West. Oh, he's perfect for Wally. Yeah, yeah. Don't know who that is. You got to school me on it. The Flash. Flash. Oh. DC. Yeah, yeah. Then again, he played the Green Lantern. People are going to make fun of him for that. That was stupid casting. That was was terrible casting. casting. He's pretty. He's pretty. And he he still sits behind me in the Green Lantern poster behind me on the wall. And that's fine because he's just pretty. And I don't actually acknowledge (laughs) that as a movie. But (laughs) I would rather see Keanu Reeves in that role than him. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm saying. I would have rather, you know, that's how miscast he was. I wanted I wanted Nathan Fillion. I really wanted Nathan Fillion. Yeah, but you're Nathan Fillion? Yeah, such a hard on for that guy. I do. <laughs> I don't this even care. Again, you say that, but why not just have him as Ant Man, which is like what I feel he deserves to have more than any other role. Who, Nathan um, Fillion is Ant Man? He'd be good for Ant Man. Yeah, I can see that. I said it. I can totally Ant-Man. see that. He'd be, I mean, yeah. Fillion was awesome as the voice of Green Lantern in Justice League Doom. Yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, but I can see him as uh, Ant-Man. Absolutely. Yep. He's yeah, got a few pounds, though. He's not exactly in his... Uh, He's not thin anymore. ...space-faring condition on that show. Anymore. He's not Captain Tight Pants anymore. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, guys, you, um, you saw the Iron Man um, the Iron Man 3 trailer, and you saw, like, the screenshot. Did you know there was a giant foot in the street? Oh, that's pretty good. That's a nice Monty Python shout-out. That has to be Ant-Man's foot. I mean, maybe that's me, but I'm getting an idea that. Say again, where, where did you see this and what? Like, um, I don't know where, which website. I think just Google it, and you could get the Iron Man 3 screenshots from the trailer. And there's going to be, like, a shot of this man's foot, and it's a giant foot. And I'm thinking maybe that is Ant-Man's foot. Like, maybe they're trying to connect Ant-Man to Iron Man 3. Um, I could see them do, making it the, uh, whatchamacallit, I could totally, like, The yeah. post-credits thing? Yeah, the post-credits thing. That's what I was thing. thinking. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think that's going to be the Easter egg. Because like, Ed, Edgar Wright's moving right along with that, you know? Exactly. And they haven't even anybody yet. But it's not like Ant-Man is one of those super popular, you know, superheroes that people just know, though, either. So they gotta do something for that. Yeah, that, they have to introduce him through Iron Man because that's the only way they, he's going to get some sort of recognition. I think Marvel. They've made a point of saying. Oh, sorry. They've made a point of saying though that in Iron Man three, none of the Avengers or any of those other guys are going to have cameo appearances. Right, right. Yeah. But at least they're going to have at least Black Widow is going to be in Captain America, so at least they save a cameo. They have to do that. It's the Winter Soldier. You can't yeah. Have, exactly. Yeah. Which is going to be really interesting because I can't wait to see how Sebastian. Sh- Stan is going to look like as a result. I think that's probably like one of the most like highly anticipated things I'm looking forward to in terms of the movie. And then Falcon, of course. Falcon would be cool. So would Black Panther. They're going to get Black, Black Panther in there. Wait a minute. Is they going to actually go with that movie? Cause what, what Which movie? Falcon they're like, working on. I, I, or I heard, no, Falcon's going to be added to Avengers 2, I heard. It. Oh, well, that would be awesome. But and He's you know, in Captain said, America, too. Or is that what I heard then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And who's playing him, in fact? They cast him, too, right? Who is it? It's, uh... Oh, I never remember. Oh, um, you know, um, that, that black guy? Oh, I hate to say that. <laughs> that black guy. Because um, <laughs> I'm black, so... Um, he Anthony was Mackie in that movie. Locker. Yeah, he was in that movie, um, with, um, The Hurt Locker with, um, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, 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 he yeah, yeah. 
last casting thing that I paid attention to was Jamie Foxx as Electro. I still, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little on the fence in that, but maybe that's a wait and see type of thing. Like he did in the you cannot yeah, he, exactly, or at least Luke Cage. He should have fit as Luke Cage at least. No, no, the old Spice guy needs to be Luke Cage. Some of the worst casting I've... See, I don't know how Ryan Reynolds does this, but um, somehow he got his foot in the door to maybe be playing the Highlander in a remake. Yep, heard that one. And somehow yep. oh my. manages to get him <coughs> this cast than even as Green Lantern. Now, let me tell you this. I am a, going from way back as a small child, huge Highlander fan. I have the entire Highlander series on DVD. Um, I got real there excited. There can only be one. Say again? There can only be one. Yeah, absolutely. I know. <laughs> I love the source. I love the whole damn. I just, I love it all. It's it's just awesome to me. I love Chronicle type time shit. But anyways, uh, they, they, they were going to make it again at one point, And uh, it was going to be Kevin McKidd. From uh, Train Spotting, and uh, he's also on uh, what's that? So he's on Grey's Anatomy now. He's like, is he one of the dreamy doctors? Yeah, he's like the Scottish doctor. He's actually, oh, they the always got one. He was Tommy Boy in Train Spotting. Oh, okay. I the know. guy who got the HIV and everything. Yeah. He uh, he was gonna play the Highlander, and I was like, oh, that's great. That's great casting. That's you know, he'd make a great Highlander. And then he left the project for some reason, and then they got, uh, they were even talking about, like, Jude Law and stuff. And somehow... Bradley Cooper was supposed to be down for it, too. Oh, that's, see, that breaks my heart, too. And then it got down to the point, yeah, where I heard Ryan Reynolds is going to be cast as the Highlander. I was just like, please don't. Just why you gotta... <laughs> you know Wait, what? I... It's a money game, though. Oh, it hurts my soul. That's why Channing Tatum's back in G.I. Yeah. Joe. Yeah, what's that all about, eh? But the Wolverine... Is definitely the movie that may salvage everyone's. Did you see the new poster today? I saw it, and oh, a lot of people God. like. So he's a samurai now, and I had to answer this question like oh, a Yeah, he's a samurai. Yeah, he's he yeah, was he's... a samurai. For those of you who don't know, if you read the comics back in the 1980s, yes, Wolverine was a samurai. He trained as a samurai in his, as you know, in Japan during his stint in Japan. So that's yeah. how he. Ended up learning about these swift moves, you know, because Wolverine is a fast fighter. Yeah, it's bad. And, you know, samurais, they're pretty fucking swift and fast in terms of fighting skills. So, I don't think they ever talked about that, though, in the in the movies, in the movie franchise so far, though. Well, they've changed it. The movie, see, this is how, this is actually taking place after everything that's happened. After X3, after he was an X-Man, everybody's gone. He's off kind of doing his own thing. He's really, like, you know at a weird low point or whatever, and he just takes off and he goes far to Japan. In the comics, this all happens far before he becomes an X-Man. And yeah. in the movies, they've switched the whole thing. And this does take place yep. after X3. Um, yeah, so on to the um, Oscar chat. Now, I know the Oscars are only a month away, but um, I'm dying to hear your Magic 8-Ball predictions on who or which movie is likely to win the following category. So I'm going to start with you, Chris, I want to know who you think is going to win for Best Motion Picture. Wait, is it who you who we want to win or who you think is going to win? Who you think. Okay. Um, now I'm going to give you an idea based on um, a lot of like chat on the, you know, the internet regarding who 
is likely to get an Oscar nod. So I'm going to give you a list. And from here, you can kind of decide for yourself who you think is going to win. Okay. Hit us with it. Okay. So the nominees are for Best Motion Picture. Okay. Hold on. Start over. We're losing you. Okay. So the nominees are for Best Picture, Zero Dark Thirty, Lame is Raw, Lincoln, and Django Unchained. I'll take Lincoln. Uh, you know what? I'm not taking Lincoln for picture, but I would take Lincoln for best actor. And uh, I think that's the best way to go. Um, I, see, I'm kind of torn because I've heard pretty much the same amount of going to win it for both Les Miserables and Lincoln. Uh, I remember I g- Lincoln Spielberg. I was going to say, I'm going to give it to Lincoln, but I think Les Miserables would be a close <clears throat> I don't know. I bet you the Zero Dark Thirty does some uh, some damage, maybe too. But there's one movie actually you did mention that uh, I've heard a lot of buzz about, and that's The Life of Pi. That is I've so heard, true. I've heard that's that there's a lot of buzz about that movie. So. But mostly, heard, what uh, I heard is it's mostly from visual perspectives. I hear a lot of like Oscar buzz about the you know special effects. Well, you know, it's a it's a best-selling novel, so who knows? It's, got it's a be... great novel. If anybody... Oh, you've read it? Yeah, yeah I've read it. It's great. It's, it's a, a Canadian book. author who wrote that. Look at that. I'm repping Oh, here you got a coin in the Canadian thing. <laughs> well, hey, I got to represent you, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, at least you got somebody to represent Canada. So we got some authors. Hey. We got some people who knows how to write to with the words and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, not knocking that, man. It's good. So, um... Personally, um, Naki, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned Lincoln in a close first, and Les Misérables honorable men- honorable mention, like like a close second, right? Yeah. Um, so you kind of seem like you kind of conflicted between these two. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing with Les Misérables is that I have a personal obsession with it. It was the first real musical that I really got into, uh, along with. The fact that um, it was one of the first like epic novels I ever read, along with uh, it just um, it, it also eventually I, I started learning French because I decided that I was going to, you know, I really I really just enjoyed it. And it's not a happy movie by any team, by any means. It's oh, not no. a happy story. If you no. don't know the story of Les Mis, it's, it's, it's very sad. It's very depressing. But it's very much an Oscar movie. Like it's what the, it's what they look for, you know, and um Whereas Lincoln, like Chris said, it is a Spielberg movie. It's it's a, it's a movie about one of our presidents. It's it's kind of the obvious one. So I, in my heart, I hope that they go a different route. Well, but the, the critics are falling all over it already, too. They are. They're they're head so over true. heels for it. Wait, you mean like Lamer's Raw or Lincoln? Lincoln. Because the fucking makeup effects that they did on Daniel Day Lewis is so I didn't phenomenal. even know. I didn't know it was him. You don't. You don't. It don't even look like you look like Lincoln. I just want to know when he was gonna kill some vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I kept getting, I kept getting thrown off because they would show the DVD uh, commercial for uh, Vampire Hunter, and then all of a sudden they'd go to the movie commercial for Lincoln, and I'm like, what? What just happened? Hey, Naki, check this out. When I was in grade six, going into grade seven, that summer in between, I. Uh, Les Mis came to Toronto, and I actually auditioned for it, and uh, it was the summer going into grade, sorry, it was the summer going into grade six, actually, and I just left grade five, and my music teacher called me at home and said, there's this show, 
because I was all into acting and stuff. And she's like, I want you to go audition for this and learn this little number and stuff. So I went out there and it was horrifying because it was like, you know, like big Broadway show up downtown, you know, and they had, yeah, they had this, like, I'm used to auditioning for three people at a table in a gym, you know what I mean? And this was like, you go into like a restaurant into a private room and there's like just a head of like, there's like 30 silhouettes of heads just with a spotlight on you and a piano player, right? So it was a terrifying experience, but uh, I got through it. And uh, it was pretty cool. And I came out, and uh, I I auditioned for Gavroche. Okay. And I, I came... never wouldn't I would never have pictured you as a theater geek. And I swear to God. Oh, hardcore! Are you kidding? And then I came out, and uh, I got interviewed. This lady comes up with a guy at the camera. They're like, "Can we talk to you about how it was?" I was like, "Sure." And we talk about you know for a bit. Uh, that night, I'm out with friends, and I come back, and I get a message from my grandma. My grandma's like, "I just saw you on Entertainment Tonight." That's so cool. That is cool. That's crazy. That is awesome. And then I was outside, and these two little girls who live next door came running up. And they were like, we saw you in our achievement tonight. I was like, you gotta be kidding. And I guess they had come to Toronto, and like, uh, you know, these were the days before. We we have Entertainment Tonight Canada now, but uh, that's only like 10 years old or something. But this was back in the day. So I guess Entertainment Tonight came to Toronto to cover the auditions. I've never seen it. I'm wondering if I go back in the archives, maybe I could find it if I sent them an email. I'm, sure, I'm sure if well, you probably did. YouTuber, you know, it's pretty YouTube cool. I know what happened. I know for sure it happened because there were witnesses, but that's my little, that's my lame is story for you. That's really cool. Oh, that is <laughs> that is <awesome>. Good times. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like, okay then, well, um, Jay, you said that Zero Dark Thirty has a strong shot of winning uh, the Oscar, right? If it rides on the which it will, and if any of you guys happen to go on RottenTomatoes.com, it's already at 100%. Yeah, you Americans are a prideful people, you know? War movies mm-hmm. are well. It's true. <laughs> I, I, I like war movies. I, I really enjoyed the Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah, Hurt Locker was amazing. Stuff like that. Amazing. I've never actually seen it. No? It's, it's I enjoyed good. Jeremy Renner in it. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> well, he's just a bonus. But oh, I'm... yeah, true. He's <laughs> like the cupcake, you know? <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I, I haven't really movie. paid too much attention to the details of the movie besides Jeremy Renner being in it. But maybe I should look further into it and kind of actually understand why everybody loved it so much. If you if you like war movies, you'll enjoy it. I I'm a big fan of war movies. We we generally watch a lot of them in my house, like um, Saving Private Ryan. You know. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Actually, I like that movie too. I actually seen it when it first came out. Actually. So uh, yeah, it's. We we go we go through our phases over here and and uh, we do a lot of war movies and so I didn't know about Zero Dark Thirty but I'm sure we're gonna wind up seeing that in the theater. Yeah, but for anyone who keeps telling me that you know war, you know war movies are actually pretty fun, do not go see Apocalypse now. That shit's like fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just let you guys know right now. I can deal with that shit. I had watched it in my pop culture class, and I literally, like, walked out because I couldn't handle it. It was all, there was too many chopped heads everywhere. It was just too much for me to handle. It's a heavy movie. It's, it is. It's pretty it's heavy to soak in. cinema heaviness right there, you know? Yeah, it but was, it, was bru- it was beautifully shot. It was just too much violence to me. At least, like, at least all the beheadings and shit. That movie is drugs on film. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <whatever>. really is. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go on, you guys, to um your Oscar predictions for Best Actor in a Motion Picture. So I'm going to give you guys a list of some of the most talked about choices 
that may be capable of getting nominated. So I'm going to go with um, me and Naki agree that Daniel Day-Lewis should get the part for Lincoln. Richard Gere for Arbitrage now. Did anybody seen Arbitrage? I don't even know what that I is. I haven't seen it. No, yeah, I don't know. Okay, then, so we don't discuss Arbitrage. Let's scratch that. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix for The Master. Yes. This one, I hope he wins, at least in my heart. <clears throat> Denzel Washington, that's another one. What, for Slate? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I don't I know have, why. I have crush on Denzel, so I'm all, yeah. I just oh, want to thank see you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how they make sense of that guy flying that plane dead upside down. You know what? It happens to a lot of guys who be flying these aircrafts. Like, you know, the whole... They get drunk enough to fly them upside down. I was going to say, they fly upside down on the plane and they crash it and everybody survives? I don't think that happens a lot. (laughs) So much happens in movies that never happens in real life. But yeah, so Denzel Washington, he's been getting a lot of Oscar buzz for Flight. Bradley Cooper for Silver Linings Playbook, which I don't understand why he's even being talked about. Maybe because I haven't seen it. Yeah, I gotta see that movie before I actually throw too much at it. It seems like it's own thing. And Bill Murray, who was quite a surprise for High Park on Hudson. For what? High Park on Hudson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So have you guys heard of it, seen it? Heard of it, not seen it. Heard of it, haven't seen it. Bill Murray does some crazy fun work. Do you know how Bill Murray works? Because I fucking love this. He has no agent, no lawyers, no nothing. Like, he doesn't want him. And all he has is a phone number. And if you leave him a message about, you know, details or whatever, he might come and he might call you back. Otherwise, he'll just delete your message. And that's it. That's how Oh, that's Bill fucking works. genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't think it's amazing. So Bill Murray is the original hipster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Money, man. He's good times talk also about Sally Field in that movie. I heard she puts together a hell of a fucking performance in that movie. Oh, that's where I'm going to get to, you guys, as far as, like, the um, best um, supporting actress um, for motion picture. And the list here includes Amy Adams for The Master, Sally Field for Lincoln, and Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables. So there you go, Naki. You got somebody for Les Miserables. I'm I'm kind of uh, back and forth with Anne Hathaway. She plays Fatine, who technically, she she has kind of a role in it. Her biggest role, the biggest female role, though, is Cosette. And uh, I'm not excited about Amanda Seyfried playing her. Um, she's too old, number one. Uh, Cosette is a young girl, and they have a 30-year-old playing her, and that bothers me. But... Um, isn't she like 27? I think she's my age, I think. Anne Hathaway? Well, yeah. Anne Hathaway plays Fatine, which is Cosette's mother. Oh. Um, yeah, so... Wow. It's a little... Like, it's a little... Intri- I, I want to see I, I want to see it before I have any real judgment with it. Because I don't like Russell Crowe either, and he's playing Chubby. So... Yeah, well, he's it, kinda, yes, he is. really going to have to reserve your judgment for this one. Yeah, it's one of those. I'm, I gotta wait until the movie comes out, which I gotta wait till Christmas. But that's why I go with Amy Adams in that category because she's Lois Lane. <laughs> she is Lois Lane. I'm going with Lois vote here. She's a redhead, <laughs> Lois Lane. I'm sorry. Now, can that's we talk a about this for a minute. Can we talk? Can we go off topic because uh, I haven't been on a podcast since the big news, <laughs> since the trailer broke, basically. Go ahead. 
um, Man of Steel new trailer jizzed in my pants. Oh my god. Jizz. Oh my god. I watched it and just like when I, not quite as much, but just about as much as when I saw the teaser, I got goosebumps. I, oh my good lord. So this is it. This is it for you, Jay, isn't it? I am, I have, I have not been this excited about a, a comic book movie since the original 89 Batman. I think oh, Chris man. and I are both going to get slammed it's for this one. Long. I think we have the yeah. same feeling. That's yeah. cool. A lot of people aren't excited and I'm hearing that. And a lot of people, you know, I don't know, or not, what, I don't know. Just for me personally, this is what I want to see. It, it looks beautiful to me. It's. There's scenes I see that they're just, they get me gutturally, and I just, I can't, oh, a couple scenes. It looks, it looks better than the last movie. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that. Definitely. <laughs> like, the scenes, like, when he's a boy, just the little stuff, like, when he's in a boy in the closet, and his mom's talking to him, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna make this fucking movie. They could some... that straight out of Smallville, though. Hey, cool, man, share the, <laughs> share the wealth, that's all good. It's, well, uh... Interesting trivia point for you, Amy Adams is the only person, well, not the only person, but she's one of very few people to appear as both in Smallville and in a Superman movie. I think the only other one was Annette O'Toole, who was Lana in the movie, yeah, yeah. and Clark's mom in the show. She was in Smallville? I didn't know that. Where was she? Yeah. There's actually some pretty shocking trivia news you just thrown in. Been, Thanks a lot, Chris. It must have yep. been near the beginning that she was on it, yeah? Uh, she, Amy Adams was in the very beginning, yeah. It was like season one. Wow, that's super She was wow. one of the freaks of the week, basically. Okay, you see the poster also, the new poster that came out of him handcuffed and them walking away, and then there's you see the scene in the trailer and he's handcuffed and they're all marching him in. It's, Why is he handcuffed? Oh, what? This, he turned himself in. Yeah, and it just shows you. It's, it's such... Okay, <laughs> it's like the epitome of Superman to me, that poster, that image of him allowing himself to be handcuffed by these, you know, who he could crush like ant people because of his respect and love and admiration for them and what's right and what's just and all that good stuff. And the image of him allowing himself to be handcuffed and marched is just, oh my God, I was just like, yeah, here we go. But isn't that always been Superman's mantra to never defy the Earthlings? Because he sworn to protect them. Yeah, but they just, uh, they captured it so well in this image that I was like, oh, I think that's beautiful. I think it's gorgeous. I love I love how it looks. It looks more like an alien suit would. He's not wearing an Earth-made costume. He's wearing a suit that looks like it was made from another planet. Well, you know so I... did the Green Lantern, and hopefully they don't fuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah, really but you know what? As I'm, my personal point of view of the um, trailer, I actually liked it too, and it actually is very refreshing. But um, I'm really interested in whether or not this will be a coining for the Justice League movie. I don't even care at this point. I'm gonna let it. I, I do. I, I totally yeah. care because I, I want that movie to rule. Let it do it. Let it do its own thing first, though. Let this be its own thing and see what happens. Because if this is, it's all gonna hinge on the success of this movie, anyways, where Justice League goes. If this but, movie, but isn't they trying to follow the same concept as Marvel Studios? I think that no, was they're what going they're actually They're going opposite. Yeah, they're going to put out Justice League first and then knock out all their movies. So yep. they don't have to decide, basically, whether this is going to be for Justice League until after this movie does well or not. But then you brought up a very interesting point. What if they do decide that maybe this will be a coin-in after the movie becomes a success, mind you? What yep. if yep. they actually say that this will be our coin-in Justice League? I've heard rumors that he's 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 got like a pending contract for it, you know. But we'll see what happens. But they, they probably did what Marvel did and signed people for X number of movies and didn't name those movies. Yeah, totally. 
so you know i'm i'm gonna i want to just let this one be what it is because it it's just i don't know the whole scene with the fist and then like the power builds up and he flies and oh I'm, i don't know i just big Zack snyder fan over here i can't gush about it enough oh dude um check this out um you may not even realize this but there was rumor going around about um the you know the plot details about the Justice League movie. They're yeah, trying to say that, that Darkseid, yeah. Darkseid, was going to be the villain. Yeah. Supposedly they're so, taking it from issues 183 to 185 of uh, Justice JLA, I think is what they're saying the plot is. Yeah. Isn't that from the 80s? Yeah. yeah. It's the mix-in with the Justice Society and the uh, and the Earth-1 and Earth-2 mix over there. That would be, I'd, that'd be real, that's, for a first Justice League movie, I think that's going way too far. I think you're putting way too much on your plate going that far. Yeah, so, you know, because I agree. In a way, you know, you know, they should say Dark Side for a sequel like they're doing with Thanos. You know, Thanos is a pretty, like, pretty awesome villain. They didn't, like, waste him for the first movie. They at least waited until they built him in. I think he could be a good villain for it, but I think what they also might do is, like, kind of do it, like, kind of like Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight Returns is kind of base it on that storyline because i seriously doubt that the first justice league movie is also going to have the justice society in it yeah that's i just i don't see that happening that's too much you know people are going to be like who are all these people you know what i mean um yeah so um first of all i would like to thank both um chris and naki for joining the show i truly appreciate you guys being on the show yeah thanks for having us thanks to everyone who is listening tonight, and this has been a very special night for us regarding the discussions of the Oscars and whatnot. So, um, um, Naki and Chris, um, again, I'd like to say thank you for being here. And I, first, I would like to start with Naki. Um, do you have any special shout-outs you'd like to give out? Um, basically, we run, uh, Chris and I have, and our other host, uh, the Adahe, we run live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time or 11 a.m. Eastern for them fancy pants over there. Uh, and uh, we run live via YouTube. And I don't think we're not on Twitch anymore, are we? No, we're not on Twitch anymore. Okay. So we just we run live on YouTube and uh, we encourage people to tune in live just because we do. Uh, we, we incorporate your comments and everything that you say uh, to us so that we can actually, you know, it's fun to call us out on when we're being wrong, you know, and that sort of thing. Well, we let some of our commenters play our games, too. We do. We, we, we let you play our games and all that fun stuff, so uh, we do encourage people to come on and uh, join us. We're always looking for guest hosts, too, so if you guys ever want to come join us on Sunday mornings. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Well, thank you, girlfriend. <laughs> um, Chris, you got any um, shout-outs you'd like to give out before we go? Uh, just make sure you check us out at uh, All Things Good and Nerdy. You can find us at atgnpodcast.com, which is where all the audio versions of the podcast go. And we've got the live streams on Sunday, which are a lot of fun. All right. Between and it. I'm pretty sure, Jay, before you go, um, you got any special shout outs you'd like to give out before we leave? My name's Jay. You can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Jedi Ross, J E D I R A S. And I host a podcast that's uh, called An Elegant Weapon. You can find it on Twitter at AEW Podcast. So check it out. And it comes out uh, basically whenever the hell we get it out. So there you go. All right. Um, and um, one more thing. Um, I want you guys to um, 
if you guys are listening in tonight, I'm um, tuning in. Please follow um, Media Junk Food at the Nerdette, D A underscore Nerdette, um, on Twitter, and you can also follow Media Junk Food on Facebook at Media Junk. And please, please take time to follow my friend Little Aztequita on Twitter. Her name is Maria Fernanda, by the way. She has some amazing um, art pieces that she gets from um, both some um, local talents here in Chicago, as well as beyond. Please follow her. Check her out. Thank you, Naki. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jay. Well, thanks. Thank you. All right, then. But yeah, thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks for having us.